0: The Islanders have a new coach, but will they keep their captain? That's one of the big questions we will tackle in part two of episode 131. Also, Ilya Kovalchuk is back in the NHL. A pair of key defensemen switch places. The Sens rid themselves of Mike Hoffman, and a pair of American snipers have ditched their agents. It's another jam-packed edition, and it all starts right now. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve.
1: Yeah, it's... uh... And
0: welcome to uh, part two of the program. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Dubuff. And uh, we are going to be
0: doing our free agent preview and recapping what else went on in the world of hockey this week. Uh, So, Brett, over to you.
1: Yeah, uh, so we're going to since it was a kind of a jam packed season with all the, or week uh, with all the, uh, the draft talk. And then we had the award show talk. We decided to split things up because we're going to do a UFA preview. There's a, a, quite a bit of UFA still available. Um, and then um, we'll get to all the other trades, big trades that happened this week as well in our rapid fire. Um, so yeah, so we, we were going to speculate on a couple of these guys. Uh, the big free agents, of course. There are many other ones out there, but we just didn't. Like, Mike Green, I think, is one of them. Um, but uh, I, I picked a handful of them, I think, that um, we can uh, try to guess and estimate where these guys will go. Um, <laughs> it was going to be more exciting because we had... We had John Carlson on our list, but then he re-signed with the Caps. Um, So we will remove that to the rapid fire instead. But um, it's still going to be pretty exciting because I have a feeling that uh, once John Tavares signs somewhere, whether it's the Islanders or another team, that's going to start this whole... um, free agency. That's when it'll officially this summer will start. So, um, so reportedly Tavares, according to uh, Pierre Lebrun, he is meeting with uh, currently meeting with uh, five teams um, at the CAA offices. I guess CAA is the, um, is his agency. Um, So the, the, uh, the five teams are, well, first, it's been reported that Dallas, San Jose, and Toronto were uh, like were three of those five teams. We weren't sure who uh, the other teams would be, but the shocker of all shocks is that Boston's in and Tampa's in, um, as well as the Islanders, because, of course, they are. Um, and then it's also LeBron says that the camp... Uh, Tavares' camp will also have conversations with two or three other teens over the phone and perhaps also meet with one or two of them um, in person somehow. But um, reportedly, maybe... I think there was reports that the Predators were going to talk to him or, or one of those secret teams. But um, what's even crazier is that Boston is somehow in here. Um, and Tampa, um, if... <laughs> It goes without saying that if Tampa or Boston gets Tavares, then it's like it's like a super team. Um, it feels Tam- so
0: nice as yeah. a sense to know that three of the teams in your division are trying to get this yeah.
1: guy. Speaking of that, uh, reportedly Montreal wanted to get into these meetings, but uh, Tavares already said no to Montreal, which is Absolutely really funny love too. that. I love that so much. <laughs> which is really funny because it's like, I mean, he may not Tavares may not go to Boston, but it's it's just hilarious that like the most heralded set top line center that Montreal desperately needs. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then not only does he like reject them flat out, but but he's also he taking meetings. With he's also taking meetings with like two of his biggest rivals in Boston, Toronto, and another division rival in a uh, in in Tampa. So it's just just hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so the um, – so, yeah, I, I – as for – I guess we should say, before we get out with it, I don't think he's going to Boston, even though there are meetings here. I just don't see how we can – how the Bruins can even afford him with our cap space because I guess he'd have to move uh, Krejci – or Bacchus, but they both have no movement clauses, so they both have to be willing to do that. And I'm not sure if either team, either player, will do that um, unless, like, we somehow like pretend Bacchus has an LTRI thing or something. But um, I just don't see how we can fit him under the cap um, considering what the ask is. And that's the other thing that I forgot to mention. The Islanders' offer so far is eight years and eleven million dollars, um, which is our you know annual average value. Um, I think there was a report that Toronto wanted to just give him a one-year deal because they have um, they have to sign Matthews, Marner, and uh, Nylander for for things, so they have to worry about that next year. Um, and and the, Matthews is probably going to get close to McDavid and Michael money. Exactly, so they can't afford to ha- to pay Tavares that much money uh, with that as well. So, um, so it's going to be a cap space hell for for both Toronto, Boston, even Tampa, I would imagine, as well. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that would be the uh, that would be the reason why I'm not sure how. All three of those teams could be in on it, um, just because you know, just because it wouldn't make sense cap wise, because they just have to make some trades to offload some contracts. But I'm not sure what team would willingly want to help a lot, uh, other team like uh, this team that just got Tavares. So, um, so that's why I'm I'm a little bit unsure and. Kind of makes me feel like maybe Tavares will stay with the Islanders because he's only accepting teams that will be hard to uh, keep under the cap. Um, But I should say that if there are teams, if there is a team that I think he could go to that's not the Islanders, it's probably the Sharks. Um, Just because they now have a little bit more cap space. Um, Maybe Vegas... Um, as well, but it depends on, you know, like imagine if Vegas also ended up getting Carl, Eric Carlson, um, so they'd have two Carlsons on their team. But um, that the the Vegas Golden Knights have a lot of cap space, but the Islanders have a ton more too. So, so the Islanders have the advantage of giving Tavares an eight-year contract. I think other teams can only give a 7 year contract at most um, and um and also they have a ton of cap space. Um, it says here that the Islanders have about 32 million in projected cap space here.
0: Yeah, and that's the most in the league that's right now. It's
1: the most in the league. But Vegas has 30 million um and then I guess like the Winnipeg Jets have 25 million, the Maple Leafs have 24, so that's not terrible. But let's see here. Boston has 11 million in cap space. Um, Let's see the other teams. Tampa has 10 million. Who are the other teams? San Jose has 18 million. San Jose has a bit more cap space. And Dallas has 19. Dallas doesn't make sense either because it's like you're supposed to be focusing on defense. Um, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, speaking of
0: defense, they're apparently in preliminary contract talks
1: with Eric Carlson according to complete hockey news. Yeah, and also Toronto... Which Turon- is absolutely dirty because Klingberg
0: and Carlson on the same team just isn't fair.
1: Yeah, true. Um, Toronto also uh, should be focusing on defense as well, but um, I, I guess it's one of those things, like, if you can get a talent like John Tavares on your team, then you do it, even if you... Yeah. Even if your your bigger need is on the back end of things, so um, there's that. But I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, where I guess I did just say my opinion. I think you'll probably there's like a ninety percent chance he'll go to the Islanders, and I think about a ten percent, a five percent chance they will go to Vegas, and a five percent chance they will go to San Jose. I would love if he goes to Boston. I just don't see it with their cap space issues. So um, where do you see Tavares going?
0: Well, uh, like I said, if, if he's going for a long-term stay, it's definitely not Toronto. That would be like a one- or two-year pit stop if uh, he were to go to the Leafs. Um, and, and that would probably be the place. If he wants to win a cup in the short term, that would probably be the primary choice. I think the more realistic long-term choice would be the Sharks. Um, they freed up some cap space with a big trade that they made. Um, the asset that they got in that trade, they quickly traded away uh, to make sure that they saved enough of that cap space. And and that guy that they got, that they quickly traded away, as we'll tell you in the rapid fire, was a top six forward. Yep. So they're hell-bent on getting a big name this offseason. And they've already re-signed Evander Kane to a contract And you look at what they've got coming up, they have to re-sign Couture and Pavelski on July 1st, 2019. Both are going to become UFAs. Um, They're starting to lay a good foundation. They have a good GM. They have good coaching staff. Lots of offense at their disposal. Um, They have more cap space than Dallas, Tampa, Nashville, and Boston. Um, But you're right. At the end of the day, the Islanders still hold uh, the better future. Like, we talked about in the last episode what they did at the draft. Um, they're starting to get better. They gave JT a solid offer to work with. Eight years, $11 million per season. Can't beat that. Um, at, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be more like the Steven Samco situation where he meets with all these teams, where he takes advantage of this one opportunity to get your full value and go through the free agency experience. Because not too many people go through that. Like, you might only have... You'd be lucky to get two sh- two chances at that. This guy has one shot to get the most money he can. This is his shot. He's probably not going to get another one. So I think he's just going to soak it all in. He's going to see what the process is like. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to decide, you know what, I like where I am. I'm going to sign with the Outlookers. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think tomorrow's stays put... If he leaves long-term, it's
1: to San Jose. Yeah, I, I could see him in San Jose, I guess. I just don't see why. I don't. I still don't know if they have the upper hand in terms of making it to the cup. Um, yeah. I, you know, uh, is if he wants a cup, I don't know if necessarily the Islanders are the team. I know they have Barzal and they did have a great draft. But like those, got we don't know what Wallstrom and Dobson are going to be in the NHL, and it will probably be two, two or three years down the line if 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 he does go to the Islanders. They still need to figure out their goaltending situation, so um, so there is that issue there. So um, if I were Tavares, I'd probably go somewhere else just because I don't know if what Lou's plans are on getting a goalie. Um, I know that they did get trots, and we'll talk about that in the um, in the rapid fire. But I just don't know if they did enough to to get him to stay. Um, but like, even still, like if you're an Islanders fan, I'm sure it's it's definitely gonna hurt if you don't have Tavares. But I mean, you have a lot to look forward to considering you have Barzal, who will be the face of the franchise now. Um, and then you'll also have, you know, Anders Lee, who's pretty underrated. Um, and then you just got Wallstrom and uh, Dobson, so you have those two to look forward to. Um, so you're, you're kind of set up, even if you don't end up getting Tavares. Um, but, but I guess, I don't know, I just don't know if the Sharks are necessarily uh, like a cup favorite if they do get Tavares, cause you know, like again, they, they're still a pretty old team. Um, you know, they do have Thomas hurdle, who's going to be an RFA soon, but, um, or an RFA now, but like, you know, Joe Pavelski is 33 years old. Brent Burns is 33. So is Vlasic is 31 years old. Um, you know, they have, uh, a Vander Kane's 26. So that's not too bad. Or Logan Couture's. 29, so he's getting there in age, so I don't know, and then you have Joe Thornton as well, so I don't know, it would, I'm not sure if Tavares will go with the Sharks, but um, I guess it does seem like the most, the, the team that makes the most sense, um, mm-hmm. if he doesn't go to the I, I think
0: that's probably why, if it comes down between San Jose and the Islanders. He sticks with the Islanders.
1: Yeah, I just, I just don't know if I like. If I were John Tavares, I'd want to stay with the Islanders, though. Just, just like they don't have a goalie, so it's like, um, why would they, they don't do have that? A goalie yet? Yeah, they don't have a goalie yet. But like, let's say he does sign a big contract. It's not like they're gonna get like, is Lehner gonna be the guy? Is Mrazek going to be the guy there? Like, I don't know. Um, it, it, it Like, it's just up in the air of any of these coolies. Um, the
0: difference is is that John Tavares put his faith and trust in the organization that they were going to turn things around. If Gar Snow and Doug Waite were still running the ship, I think he's gone, so.
1: Yeah, I... They have
0: Lou Lamorello, they have Barry Trotz. Yeah. I think the trust is there where John Tavares says, I trust you guys, I'm going
1: to stay. Yeah, I guess that there is that aspect of things, but I don't know if it's, like, enough, because Lou hasn't done anything yet, and trots like, Trotz just signed with the team because it was the only team available. Um, but maybe he does know something that we don't, that Tavares is likely going to stay with the Islanders. Um, I don't know, I just, I just, if I were if I were JT, I'd, I'd weigh my options a little bit more, I think. Um, So, I don't know. I I think San Jose makes the most sense just cap-wise, and they are closer to the cup than the Islanders are. But, but yeah, other than that, I don't know why. um, I mean, and if Boston or Tampa and Toronto can make it work, then, of course, you go there. But um, I just, I don't think, I don't know. I I I just, I I guess I'm keeping my hopes up that there is going to be a major change in these things, but it's probably going to be like Stamkos where he'll just sign with the Lightning and that'll be it. Um, Do you think it, it
0: becomes more of a situation where he doesn't make his decision on July 1st and he waits a couple of days? He might.
1: Um, it will depend. I mean, I, I guess the meetings are today, right? So... I would. Well, assume, they're
0: throughout this week, yeah.
1: I'd assume he um, will make his decision sometime. Maybe not July first, but he'll probably he won't because Stamkos decided late in July, right? So. Um. um
0: well, no, he Stamkos didn't. No, if you remember, there were three big. Uh, right transactions that happened
1: right the subban trade and then um the
0: subban trade subban for weber then hall for Larson, hall for and then Larson, sam here. coast resigned that's right so it was actually before canada day when he made the decision
1: i thought i thought that was just oh right, right, right. that was before june june yeah he made
0: the decision in late june not late
1: july that's right um so I don't know. I I think it could be a situation where Tavares will decide maybe like July fourth or something, um, on America Day. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah,
0: that'd be pretty. Funny. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold gamble and say July fifth.
1: Okay. Okay. He'll
0: make his decision July fifth.
1: And you think he'll stay with the Islanders? I think so. I'm going to be uh I'm going to be contrarian here and and just be the devil's advocate and say that he's not going to sign up the Islanders even though he probably okay, will. <laughs> and you're, you're
0: going to take it one step further and you're going to say the Bruins are somehow going to
1: find a way to get there. Uh no no no. I won't I won't go that <laughs> far. I am a homer, but I'm not that much of a homer. Um, cuz I, I I still don't know how they can fit him under the cap yeah, no, and make good. it work. So, um I, I think if he does go to somewhere else, it's to either Vegas because they have the cap space and they just made it to the cup final or it's San Jose. Those are the only two teams I could really see it uh, going to. Um, all right, let's go to the, the other ones. Um, JVR is another big one. He had, uh, or James Van Rienstijk, I should say. Um, he had 30 goals la- last year. Um, he had a pretty decent year: thirty-six goals and eighteen assists for fifty-four points. Um, so, so pretty, pretty good year. Um, sure, it's probably not sustainable, but whatever. Um, he is, I think he's, isn't he? Like, tw- oh, he's twenty-nine years old, so not too bad. But he is nearing thirty years old. Um, I. So this is where you just take wild guess. I. I think he could go to New Jersey. Um, I know he is from New Jersey. That, that is closer to home. Yeah, that that is where he is. it's also like um, I mean, I guess they don't necessarily need a left winger because they have Taylor Hall there, but um, it would kind of be a cool like an added depth piece for them. Um, and I think that would be an interesting move for him. Um, but I'm, I mostly do it just because of his connection to New Jersey. Um, and it seems like New Jersey uh, could be in on a, a couple of these players. And then the other team that I think would be interesting would be St. Louis. Um, I know they also have some cap space issues, but um, like just imagine JVR and Tarasenko on the same line. That'd be kind of nuts. So uh, I, I just want to see that on on that. Uh, I think St. Louis could be in on a guy like a uh, JVR.
0: Okay. Uh, well, you take a look at his numbers, and his thirty six goals from this year was the highest goal scoring output from him in a single year at any level since oh four oh five, when he was still playing with his high school hockey team. Right. And if you're wondering, oh, you know, he did this on the first line. No, he did this on the second line. Yeah. So, saying that he would go to New Jersey or St. Louis, oh, not a top-line player, he can't do that. Yes, he can, he did it in Toronto. So, um, I I definitely could see New Jersey and St. Louis uh, being a fit. Like, this is a guy that can chip in 25 to 30 goals, 50 to 60 points every year. He can score any way he can get him. He he has a good shot, he can drive to the net. He was really good at that in Toronto as well. Yeah. As long as the Leafs are in talks with Tavares and still in the cap crunch, he's not returning to Toronto. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, In my opinion, it it just wouldn't be a fit for either side. And um, even if the Leafs would be willing to sign him, I don't think they'd be willing to give him a modified no-trade clause in his deal. He wouldn't get as much perks because – the Leafs are getting to the point where they're nearing salary cap hell. They're not there yet, but at some point they're going to be. And they need to really keep track of how many players they can put on that modified no-trade list because that limits what you what pieces you can move if you have to move any. Um, so I think for JVR to get what he really wants, um, which is a Stanley Cup, he would have to take a small discount, give up a couple of perks to stay in Toronto. True. But if he wants to get what he really wants, I think San Jose is going to take a crack at him if they miss out on Tavares.
1: Because yeah, think sure, about, good
0: as we're going to talk about in the rapid fire, that mysterious wing, uh, top six winger that they got was Mike Hoffman. He plays left wing. There were also talks that they were trying to get Max Patch ready, also a left winger. J.B.R. Right. plays left wing. So, True. I'm I mean, no expert, but I kind of see a trend where they're trying to get a left winger. Yes, yeah. so I think San San Jose would be first on my list for JBR.
1: Yeah that that could that could be a thing. I guess I guess you do have a point where I don't know if necessarily the the Blues or the Devils are are Cub contender um, as much as Toronto is, um, but I just. I I think, I'm not sure if he would, if he's going to stay in Toronto, just considering that Toronto has to worry about, A, if they're, especially if they do sign uh, Tavares, they have to also, you know, because then they have, um, they have Matthews to, uh, contract to worry about, Marner's contract to worry about, um, and Nylander's, uh, this year, um, and yeah. Matthews and Marner's next year, so those those three are going to be paid a lot, um, and I just don't know how they could necessarily make that work um, per se. If if Ben were to stay there, maybe if he if he gets a pay cut, you're right. But um, I think he could get more money elsewhere. Um, yeah,
0: especially with yeah. the season that he had, I think he. I think this is the best chance for him to get full value after a season like
1: this. Exactly, exactly. So, I think he's probably, yeah, I could see the Sharks if they don't go with Tavares. I think that's going to be a common phrase, we'll say. Um, yeah, but, if so-and-so but, and so
0: doesn't go with the Sharks, this guy will.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just because after that Hoffman trade that the Sharks pulled, that I think uh, where they just saved about $5 million off the cap, um, then I think it's just like clear that the sharks are um, trying to get like some big free agent, and if it's Tavares, great, but it could be a guy like JVR or the next guy we're about to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess the sharks could make sense. Um, I I kind of just I want to. I was just thinking of like teams that would need depth um, on forward, and I think like that's why like New Jersey would make sense and um and got uh, like St. Louis would make sense cuz they need forward depth um but like even like a team like Dallas could uh could use a team a guy like JVR but yeah. you know Dallas missed the playoffs last year and they need more help on their defensive side of things than their offense so but at the same time like <laughs> they're they, it's basically just Jamie Benn on the left side and, I guess, John Mark, but that's about it. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if they would necessarily um, – um, they could be inter- – Dallas could – I could see Dallas maybe being interested in JVR. Um, okay. Okay. Um, if they can make the money work, obviously. Um, yeah. The All right, the next guy that we're talking about is Paul Stasny. And this is, apparently, I was reading a report that uh, Stasny has, like, five or six offers. But, like, all these teams are waiting on what John Tavares decides. So he's literally uh-huh. waiting for John Tavares to decide. And Paul Stasny will go to whoever team uh, didn't he didn't get to. Uh, Stasny had, uh, let's see here, he had 60, he had 16 goals, 37 assists, 53 points. I guess I didn't really do the stats for Tavares, but we know that Tavares is good um, in uh, 82 games. But he was even better during the playoffs uh, where uh, Stasny had, let me pull this up here, Stasny had uh, 15 points in 17 games, six of them were goals. Um, so, um it was also kind of a weird trade deadline move where the Blues just sent him over for a pick um, to the to the Jets and then the um, where it's like the Blues were kind of competing, so it, it didn't really make that much sense. Um, but um, I don't know. I could actually kind of see that Stasny could go to the St. Louis, but I have here that Stasny could go to San Jose if they don't get Tavares. Otherwise, maybe Toronto, or, uh, he could resign, I think he might resign with, uh, Winnipeg. Um, but, like, there's also, like, an issue, maybe he goes to Montreal and be that top-line center for them. Um, that could be an interesting move for, for him. Um, I'm not sure if he is a top-line center per se, but, um, <laughs> I think Montreal just wants to take any centers, um. So um so maybe Montreal is another team, but um but yeah, he's easily the second best center on the market, um, behind Tavares. So um yeah. Uh where do you see STASNI going?
0: I don't as much as Montreal would make total sense because they need a number one center. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't think he would have accepted a trade out of St. Louis if it wasn't to a team that he thought was going to win. And Winnipeg came five wins away from the Stanley Cup uh, championship title, so um, I think it would make more. I I don't think he would go to Montreal, um, knowing that probably they're not going to have as good odds of winning the Stanley Cup as Winnipeg. Uh, So if he wants a winning environment, it's not Montreal, and I think he's more likely to sign with Winnipeg. And I know Line A is in need of an extension after next year. Truba and Hellebuck are due for new ones now. True. But I still think they have a decent amount to keep Paul Stastny around for the right price. Um, maybe if he takes a $1 or $2 million pay cut, uh, if it meant for a few more years of winning, I think he'd be willing to take that. Um, but if he does leave, the There is a team that is in need of a third-line center that we've been talking about for a while now, and they would have to do a lot to get this done, but I think the Pittsburgh Penguins might make a pitch for Paul Stassi. Because they tried that third-line center thing with Broussard, didn't end up being a smashing success. Um, I think they would do a minor trade or two to make room for a big signing. The problem is um, they are paying Sheary and Murray, more money. They're going to have to do it with Gensel soon. Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby are getting paid through the roof. So
1: and they the are,
0: long-term situation is going to be a factor there.
1: And they have $9 million in cap space. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. Which is why they would probably have to work around that if they got Paul Stastny. But exactly. they're, they're, they're one team where I think they could just Quietly sneak up and snatch ball Stasny. Yeah,
1: yeah, that would be such like a. That feels like back when the Blackhawks were really good, like that felt like, that feels like, oh yeah, of course the Blackhawks gets them. Or like back yeah. when the Red Wings were really good, it's just like, oh yeah, of course the Red Wings get them. So yeah. it would be like a sneaky, evil thing to do if the Penguins somehow got Stasny. I think Stasny would have to take a pay cut somehow. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It might be just the same kind of situation as if like Boston or Toronto were to get Tavares, just because they'd have to make other trades to make them fit under the cap. So, um, but it would be a, so it would be a similar situation there. But I think Stasny could find more money elsewhere. Um, other another team that I I could see him possibly going to. Um, is uh the Colorado Avalanche? Oh, um, uh, you be... think a
0: reunion in Colorado is possible?
1: Yeah, that that is definitely possible. I know that there were there were a different team back before he was there. I think he was there back when uh, Patrick Wall was coaching. So it would be a different coach this time around. I mean, I know it's a it's the same GM, but um, I think I think now that like Landeskog, McKinnon, um and uh, Rantanen are all a bit older. I don't even think Rantanen was on the team back then, but I I could see him... Yeah, I don't think he was. Yeah, so I could see him, like, maybe being like, okay, this team is building towards something, and, like, I know a lot of these guys already because I was on the team, you know? So so I could see him maybe going to Colorado, um, you know, and add to that depth. Um, Speaking of which, actually... JVR could could be a good fit there in Colorado as well. Um, yeah. Just be like a good depth guy there too. So I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, now we go to David Perron. Um, so David Perron was kind of – he had a career year this year for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm going to have to – as I say that, I don't have his stats, but I'm going to pull up his stats. Um, he is 30 years old, but he had a career year cause he had 50 assists, um, and 16 goals for, and in 70 games. Um, it was kind of strange though, cause during the playoffs, he was like healthy scratch during the finals. So it was either like he had, he w- had a disagreement with, um, Gerard Gallant or like he was actually just injured and uh, Vegas didn't want to say anything. Um, just so it would hurt his value or something, or maybe, or maybe that was a sneaky way for Vegas to be like, okay, we want to keep Perron, but we don't want to, we don't we want don't, to. We don't,
0: want his value to go up. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, we're Which gonna. Makes qu- perfect sense because like yeah. his value can't go up if you don't. Even exactly. Play
1: him. So we're gonna like make it seem like we're angry at him and we're gonna healthy scratch him, even though it's gonna hurt our finals chances and. I'm into that conspiracy, even though it makes no sense. But um, but yeah, I I could see him. I think the 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 way that he was treated in the Stanley Cup Finals definitely hurts his value. I like before before the playoffs. I was gonna say like he's probably gonna sign with the Golden Knights, but and he's gonna because, because and he's gonna be paid a lot of money. But at the same time, now I'm not so sure because it seems like, a the Vegas is gonna is, like, maybe angry at him, and it, it also hurts his value just for other teams now because he did like there's something going on. I don't even think it was even disclosed what happened. So, um, so I don't I I just don't know what to make of it per se. I'd like to say that he's going to Vegas, he's going uh, to, like, he's going to stay in Vegas, but I'm not sure he could reunite with his team um, in St. Louis and just, this would take mean that he'd have truly no ego whatsoever and go back to St. Louis, but um, he'd just be like, you exposed me, but I want to come back to your squad or something, I don't know. But um,
0: actually, just got a an article from the Las Vegas Review Journal, and it's interesting here. Can I read it. to you.
1: I wait, Steve. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you cut off.
0: Okay, I have a yeah, I have an article from Las Vegas Review Journal. If you want to hear it, I just stumbled okay. upon it now.
1: Sure, yeah. Really. It, appear,
0: it appears two of the Golden Knights free agents won't return next season. Boards David Perron and James Neal were unable to come to terms on new contracts with the Knights, fielded offers from other clubs when the interview period for unrestricted free agents opened Sunday. Perron's agent Alan Walsh told the Review Journal on Sunday that the Knights have not made a new contract offer since the season ended after the two sides had exchanged proposals at the trade deadline in February. Also adding that there's been significant interest in David on Sunday. And while he's loved his time in Vegas and he loves his teammates, he's been forced to look at other opportunities.
1: Hmm. Okay, so, so I guess,
0: that that kinda tells you a little bit of what David Braun's future is like in yeah, Vegas right now. I guess
1: it does make sense too, considering that like he is thirty years old, so it does make sense that like a Vegas might want to just move on from him. Um, But, um, you know, because they have a pretty young squad um, still. So uh, maybe they just want, like, and that was their plan all along, was just get James Neal and Perron knowing that they'd be free agents after the season. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I I guess Perron maybe will go. I'm, I'm just not sure what team he'll go to. Um, maybe, like, a team, like, just a team that will take a flyer on him. Maybe a team like the Blue Jackets, I could see. Um, yeah. Maybe the uh, Coyotes, Just taking a
0: look at what position he plays here.
1: I think he plays uh, left he plays, wing.
0: He plays, uh, left wing. Yeah. So, I, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, the Knights, if the Knights would be in the hunt for JVR, now that I'm thinking about it as well. Yeah, the Knights could
1: back. be interested in JVR, that's true. Although that's a similar um, situation to Perron too, but yeah. um, just because of age. But yeah, you're right.
0: I think Perron would be a good depth move on a playoff contender. Yeah, um, maybe like the Flyers. Really him, maybe and It's the just Flyers. that he's been. It's just that he's bounced around so long. Like taking a look at uh, some of the stats here. So he was on St. Louis to start his career. Then he w- was traded to Edmonton. Then he yep. moved to Pittsburgh. Then he goes to Edmonton again, then Anaheim, then Pittsburgh again, and then St. Louis again. And then he has his best season of his career in Vegas. I think wherever he goes, he wants to say, look, I don't care how good or how bad our team is. Like, I I obviously want to help the team win. I just want long-term flexibility here. I want to make a home here. I'm sick and tired of moving around. I just want a place to call home for a change. And I think whatever that Perron's looking for, it's going to be longer than two years. Maybe three or four if he can get it. But I think he wants a long-term stay wherever he's going.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I could see that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm not sure where... He'll go. Maybe the Blue Jackets. I was thinking. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Blue
0: Jackets. Uh, Blue Jackets could could use some um, a, a depth forward for sure.
1: Yeah, another um, team would be the Flyers. Um, that yeah, could be Flyers,
0: Flyers. could be another interesting one too.
1: Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't know.
0: Again, it's a cap driven league, so it's it's tough to tell. Maybe maybe the Stars. Uh, stars. Could maybe be the know. Stars. Uh, if, if they miss out on some big fish, maybe they. Maybe they get
1: uh, someone to help out there. I think this is going to be, like, the the team that missed out on Tavares. missed out on a big name, right. Stasny or JVR, and they're like, fine, we'll settle with David Perron kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, uh, let's go to uh, Rick Nash. So I was trying to find – refine where I found this, but uh, apparently uh, they're in the Boston Globe – the uh, the Rick Nash might be going to uh, might retire, um, which is certainly possible. Um, I I guess as a Bruins fan, I should should state I want him back on the team. However, if it's more than four years and three no more than four million and uh, three years maybe more than I'd be a, I be, I wouldn't want. Him. But uh, anything lower than that, or you know, for for million in three years, I'm fine with that. I know that he didn't perform as well as to our liking to um, the, you know, to the, uh, in the playoffs, but, um, you know, he's still, I, th- I think he still has some some left in the tank, I know that, but having said all that, if he you know mental health obviously takes top priority um if he wants to retire he he's certainly made enough money uh to to retire comfortably um with the amount of money that he's made um so he's certainly not what he was in Columbus, and I think there is something to it where like. He was less of, it seemed like during his, when I was looking at like YouTube videos of back when he was in Columbus and I was just like seeing like how he crashed the net all the times so and that's where a lot of his goals were coming from. And that's the same for the, but like once he had all those concussions early on, then like, then he goes to the New York, he stops crashing the net as much. And then he has to focus on his other sides of his game which is still great but he's just not as much of a goal scorer as he once was. Yeah, and, no, it's versatile, yeah. Yeah, and, which is great too, but it's just like then it just show makes it seem like oh, he's you know, he he's gotten worse um where it's not necessarily true. He's just, you know, he's doing other things. And then when he was um on, on the times that he was on the Bruins, even though it was a short stint, he was definitely um he was definitely on, like in on the action. It wasn't like he was invisible during the ice, and even still, he had like uh, twenty-one goals in seventy-one games. That's not terrible for a thirty-three-year-old. Um, so I would like to see him back in Boston, hoping that, um, you know, it works out. Um, obviously, we wouldn't be able to sign him if if we get Tavares, and supposedly, um, if the Bruins got, ended up getting, uh, Kovalchuk, which I'm glad they didn't, um, then they would have had to let go of Rick Nash, but, like, um, so, imagine how Rick Nash feels, but if he, if he is going somewhere, I could see him going back to Columbus, that could be an interesting move because apparently you were saying that there were reports that Rick Nash might go to Columbus um, just to go there. But, um, but like if he retires, it was a good career for him. Um, And it's certainly understandable. I know that he had a ton of concussion injury uh, history, not just for in his time in Boston, but I think he had a concussion, a couple of concussions in early on in Columbus. So, um, so I don't know, maybe it is something that's eating up on him. And obviously mental health is a big issue, so I'd hate to be like, you know, like keep on playing, uh, you know, kind of thing. So I'd rather him retire if that's if his heart isn't in it um, for that. So where do you think Rick Nash will go, or do you think he's going to retire?
0: Well, I think if it starts in the right place, like you should follow his heart and yeah. – and- and I think family takes precedence at this point. And I was also watching uh, the lead up to to uh, the outdoor game they had with the Sabres, the road to the Winter Classic. And his family was older too. His kids absolutely loved it. New York. His daughter couldn't imagine him in another jersey besides the Rangers. I think at this point in his career, Nash might be willing to just move to New York, move back to New York, just settle down, stay yep. with his family. I think he does return to Columbus, sign a one-day, and retire with the team, but he's played 15 years of NHL hockey. He hasn't won a cup, but he's he's accomplished a lot. He's had a lot of fun, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he retired, but uh, what he has made known is if he is going to be playing more hockey, he wants a multi-year deal, and whether or not Columbus is going to give it to them is up uh, yep. in the air at this
1: point. Yeah, the, the only thing about the Bruins picking up on that is just that we have McAvoy, uh, Donato, and uh, I think uh, Heinen are going to be RFAs. Oh, and Carlo are going to be RFAs next year. So um, so if, I don't want it to be, like to sign Rick Nash to like yeah. a multi level deal because then that means we can't afford those four. Um,
0: and Rick Nash is going to have so. his heart broken if that happens because, like, they basically went back to Nash and say, okay, if we don't get Chuck, we'll get back to you. Yeah. And now they're meeting with the Islanders, so it's like, okay, well, we'll get back to you. We're just meeting with John Tavares here. It's just like, yeah. so do you guys want me back or not?
1: Right, exactly. And, I, yeah, I was thinking that, too. It seems like maybe Rick Nash isn't going back to the, the Bruins. Um, I would love I, again i i keep on saying it, i i loved his time here even though it was a short stint but i and i also like i understand that he was injured but i just wanted to see what he would do with like maybe one season under his belt and see how he does but um i'm not sure if i could like if, if i would love uh, like a two year contract or a three i did say a three year contract so Maybe a three-year thing, but it would have to be like at a like three million dollars kind of thing, um, yeah. Just to see how it goes. Boy, that Bacchus contract really turned out to bite us, um, like we all thought it would. <laughs> yeah,
0: because you, you didn't really think you were going to be uh, yeah. getting a guy like John Tavares, right? Or yeah,
1: or or worrying about if Rick Nash was going to sign here or not. Yeah, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, I'm
0: just I'm just trying to go back at, to David Perron and, and think about like maybe like depth teams where uh, he could go to, um, and um, uh, according to what I've heard uh, in previous weeks, it looks like the Nashville Predators won't be bringing back Scott Hartnell. Maybe Nashville hmm. could be a good fit for
1: David. Braun. Nashville could be interesting. They have, I,
0: they, have a, they have a winning environment. Yep. I know they they don't have all the cap space in the world. Yeah. But I think they have enough to sign David Perron.
1: Well, speaking on that, I apparently uh Tavares might be uh interested in Nashville or Nashville is interested in Tavares, so they might be in on that. But yeah, you're right. The uh, Nash could Yeah, Perron could go to Nashville. That would be Interesting too. Um, so speaking of, oh okay. Uh, speaking of Nash's and uh, uh, players that start with R, uh, or their first name starts with R, um, Riley Nash also played with the Bruins uh, last season as well. Uh, Riley Nash is the other one. He was a he was a pretty good uh, decent forward. Um, or center when Bergeron was out. Um, He does have – he had 41 points in 76 games, so he's another depth guy just like Perron, but he does have a potential to be a top-line center just because he took over uh, for for Bergeron when Bergeron was injured. So I don't think – as much as I would want – this is another guy where I kind of would love to have Boston – Boston and pick him up again, but I just don't see it uh, just cause um, just cause I know we have JFK in our prospect pool. And it's also like, we have to worry about Krejci and Bacchus's contract. I just, I feel like Riley Nash could get so much more money elsewhere. Yeah. Um, if he were, if other than staying in Boston, it's going to hurt, but I, I think it's something that has to be done. Um, so like, good luck to wherever he goes, but I, I just don't see how he can, um, stay with Boston. Um, so having said that, I mean, Montreal would make sense, um, just cause if they want a, a center on the cheap, um, and they also want to piss off the Bruins. So there's that, um, and then I guess like any team that wanted Stasny or Tavares, but didn't get him so maybe like the sharks or something or um i don't know i keep on going back to the blues but um that would be kind of interesting but um i don't know the wild um would be another interesting team let's hear the i said the sharks the stars maybe um i don't know i'm just listing all these teams Oh, I, I, think I think just about
0: every team that wants a death piece up for cheap is yeah. going to be looking at Riley Nash. Like exactly. he's probably going to be the most sought after free agent, not named John Tavares.
1: Really? I yeah. don't. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Because of what he brings for such a little price, I absolutely think he's. Yeah, be yeah, you're right.
1: Bring. Just for but like from a depth standpoint, I thought you meant like in terms of like money wise, I'm like no, no. Know, but as
0: far as depth goes, yeah, yeah. like he's not getting he's. I think the most he, I think the most he's going to get per year is three million. Yeah. But like, any, any, like five million would, per year would be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. But I think there will be a team that could offer him that. Um,
0: yeah, I think there is a team that would overpay again. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I I think I have here on my list that New Jersey could be a team interested in him. Yeah, that's on my list as well. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is another team because they need depth as well. So. Maybe the Flyers, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't know how... Like, I would love to keep Riley Nash, but I just don't know. Um, and he's he was definitely a great part... A, a big reason why the Bruins were successful last season. But I just... I know that we have a lot of young guys who are ready to take his place. Um, yeah. So... So remember we have Anders Bjork who was injured last year, uh, for yeah. parts of last year, and then we also have uh, Jacob Forsbacka Carlson, who supposedly who who did really well in Providence last year, and he might make the jump this year. So I is think,
0: Ryan Donato a center as well?
1: Yeah, Ryan Donato is a center. Although, yeah, that, that that's another guy too. So, um, yeah. That's that's certainly possible. Although I think he played more left wing um or he was more of a winger last year than a center, but he he did play center when he was in Harvard, so there is that. Um
0: I think I, I think for, for my list for Riley Nash, the Rangers are the third most cap space in the league. I think yeah. um they could pay him some big money. Uh, they're in need of help on the wing and on the faceoff dots, so he fit in rather well. Yep. Vancouver, I think, would be another team. Not expected to make the playoffs. So I could see him offering a multi-year deal. Yep. Um, I think, as far as playoff contender goes, if Stastny leaves Winnipeg, the Jets might take a look at him. Same with the Islanders if Tavares leaves. Maybe Vegas adds another key piece. And I think the Blues could show some interest as well, and New Jersey like we both agreed on, but yep. I think we're both in agreement that even though I'm sure he would like to stay in Boston, he's not going
1: to. Yeah. I, I've kind of already accepted that he's not going to be here next year. So, um, but we'll see. Um, the, right, moving on. yeah, moving on the last one, uh, just really quickly. Cause we are, we're actually at an hour now. Um, James Neal, um, is the, the other one. I, I actually had him going to Vegas, but since you just said that it seems like Vegas is not going to sign him, I'm not sure where he's going to go. Um, well, the
0: actual report was that the general, I think, it, it generally speaking, if he's not signed by Vegas by July 1st, he's probably not going to be.
1: So, okay. That's so, according to his agent. So that means likely he's not going to be in Vegas next year.
0: Probably.
1: Um, anyways, he had forty forty four points in seventy one games. He's thirty years old, um, so that's decent. Um, it was kind of interesting because when they you know before the season, we all thought like, oh, James Neal's definitely going to be the Vegas's best player. Turns out he wasn't really. Um, but that had more to do with just um, a lot of the players on that team kind of overachieved, and then. Um, and then James Neal kind of struggled a little towards the end of the season. Um, he did have 25 goals, though, um, and 19 assists, so he is still valuable. Um, so he's a, kind of like another one like Perron or Riley Nash, he'll be a good depth piece for a couple teams. Um, not sure exactly where, though. Maybe like the Ducks. We haven't really talked about the Ducks, but yeah, that could be an interesting team. Yeah, pick. that could be a good place. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, I think any of the teams we mentioned, like the Flyers, the Ducks, the Blues, the Stars, the Devils, um, even the Flames maybe, I don't know, Um, pretty much any team that uh, I could afford him, um, I could see James Neal going. Where do you see, see him going?
0: Well, the fact that he's going to be thirty-one in September, and he hasn't been a thirty-goal scorer in three of the past four years, yep. and that he hasn't eclipsed thirty point uh, that he hasn't eclipsed sixty points in each of the past four, kind of hurts uh, the value that he's going to get. I don't think he's going to get a modified no-trade with his next deal either. He did for the final two years of his current deal that just ended.
1: Yep.
0: Um, I think New Jersey could be a solid fit uh, if the price is right. The Blues might pop uh, into a lot of discussions. But they have three key defensemen that will be UFAs next year, so the price can't be too high. Uh, going to Winnipeg might be a possibility. And just because they need goal scorers, anyone that can score, I think Montreal gives him them an offer. I don't think he takes it, but I think they'll make him an offer.
1: Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Uh, We're now on to the rapid fire. Um, we'll see how by the way we'll see how it goes it should be a fun free agency I know next year it's supposed to be even bigger but oh wait I forgot to mention the goalies. Um, so uh, we, we there's a couple of goalies that are on free agency lists either there'll be a backup somewhere or there'll be a starting job somewhere but uh, Robin Leonard was told by Buffalo that he's he's not getting a qualifying offer so he's gonna be a UFA he can sign the same. Uh, he can sign um, wherever on July 1st. Uh, that goes the same for Morazic. Philadelphia said that they're not going to sign him, um, so he can go wherever on July 1st. Also of interest, I think a guy, a guy like Carter Hutton. I know he's like 30-ish years old, I believe, um, but I think he, he did have a pretty good season. So uh, he's 32 years old. But I could see him um, testing the market. And then uh, Jonathan Bernier um, is also available. But I could see, of those four, I could see Hutton being the most likely to get a starting job somewhere. Uh, yeah. And it also, I, I just listed some teams that I feel like could use a goalie or a backup goalie or desperately need a backup goalie. So St. Louis would need a backup goalie, considering that they're not, they don't have Carter. On um, the Islanders, as I mentioned before, with Tavares, uh, they need a goalie <laughs> no matter what. Um, I know Halak is also a UFA, but I don't see anyone uh, taking them. Buffalo will also need a goalie because now that Leonard's not there, um, Carolina needs one. Um, Detroit's another one, even though they do have Jimmy Howard, but I don't see how that could work long-term. And then Ottawa, um, it's another one. Reportedly, Craig Anderson wants, has requested a trade, so maybe, um, if Ottawa gets one of these four goalies, um, they could, uh, perhaps take them. But as for where they're going...
0: uh, Request to trade is the right word, but I think he's open to a fresh start Okay, if the team is willing to move on. And his agent has confirmed that, as of right now, they haven't talked trade with any team. So, but, he's still a senator for now. But,
1: like, even if, if Ottawa does trade Craig Anderson, they're going to need a goalie. It's not like, yeah, and, and, yeah, and
0: when Craig Anderson retires in a couple of years, they are going to need to know what to do without Craig Anderson. So, right. they're going to have to go down this road at some point.
1: True. Although I know Philip Gustafson, who they did get in the, uh, douche, no, not the Doucene trade, the, uh... Broussard. The Broussard trade. So he's supposedly, suppo- he's going to be kind of good, but, um, he's also 20 years old, so that's somewhat Yeah, contemoral. they're going
0: to they're need to give him a couple years to develop, for so,
1: sure. So, like, if they could get, like, a guy like Carter Hudden, who can just maintain, um, it, or even bring back Robin Lehner, um, that could be interesting, <laughs> but... Um, I don't know, um, but yes, but I think Islanders, Buffalo and Carolina are the three teams that are in desperate need of a goaltender, St. Louis and Detroit would need a backup, and then Ottawa, just in case Craig Anderson goes somewhere, is traded somewhere else, so those are my six teams that I think will make a move to get a goalie. Um, you
0: mentioned Calgary, right?
1: I did mention. Oh, did I mention Calgary? I did not mention Calgary. No,
0: because they have a lot of good young goalies in their system, but yep. probably best not to rush them. So they need a backup to back up Mike Smith.
1: Yep. I was going to include Philadelphia, but they all they have both a lot of goalies in their system, and they also have Brian Elliott and, um, and uh, Ed Newerth. So yeah. um, so it's not. Um, so they, they're not in desperate need, but, uh, yeah, Calgary is another one. I guess there are a fair amount of ones that need backup goalies. I don't know, maybe like the Canucks, if, if there's like a Markstrom, you know, if they don't feel that Markstrom is the, the goalie that they wanted him to be. So, um, and they want to wait one more year for Demko. Um, so, um, maybe the Canucks could be a team for that or. Maybe the Rangers. Yeah,
0: I, I think the Canucks could take a chance in, like Mrazek or Leonard yeah, yeah. to like hold the fort with Markstrom because Anders Nielsen, I think, I, I I think he's decent, but I think Morazic or, or Leonard could be yeah. a slight upgrade. Or even, um, or even the
1: Rangers who like if they want to give yeah, Lundqvist Rangers more of a rest. Another
0: one too, because Pavlik's a UFA too. You're right. Yeah. The Rangers could be another one.
1: Um, yeah, the
0: the Rangers are actually interesting now that you think about it because they can't yeah. overwork Lundqvist nowadays. Exactly. Um but yeah, the Islanders definitely I think the Islanders are probably gonna be in the mix for Hutton the most. Yep. Um Carolina second. Especially now uh, like
1: that groups I think
0: Jonathan Bernier might be a good fit in Calgary or Dallas, like oh, yeah, areas Dallas's that need one. stable goaltending behind their starters.
1: Dallas is a so good I one, can yeah. See that. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think Hutton of the four that I mentioned, I think Hutton is the most likely to be a starter somewhere. I know he's a 32 years old, but um, I could like he had an impressive season last year. Um, and I there guess, was a
0: stretch where he yeah. took over Allen's starting job. True, and did very well.
1: Yeah, I could also see uh, Lehner and Morazic maybe being a starter somewhere, but I have heard that they had personality issues, and Laner this is Lehner's thir- third team, so um, yeah, like
0: the Sens traded him to yeah. Buffalo.
1: Exactly. Morazic also could be another one of those teams where it's like he he may not uh, – he could be a starter somewhere, but, like, he has all the intangibles to be a starter in this league, but it's just, like, will he find a team that's willing to uh, take a chance on him? Um, that I'm not sure. Um, let's go to the rapid fire. Will, but it, it, yeah. What? What were you saying?
0: I think he will find a team. It's it's just, uh, A, is it her? And right away, the answer is no for me. Yep. I think he's going to have to work his way up uh, the ladder on a non contending team before he gets there.
1: True. You know, actually, what would be an interesting team that any of these goalies would go to? Um, I know uh, Corey Crawford is, is probably coming back next year, but the Blackhawks yeah. could use... Yeah. A backup somewhere, somewhere not Anton Forsberg. So, yeah. um, and, and, he, could, and, he, and you don't know what Crawford's going to gonna be sure. like with um, considering that he'll be back with injuries. So they could, they might want to load up on a goalie uh, just like yeah. for their worst case scenario. Because if anything, this season for Chicago, you kind of learn that, okay, we really need Corey Crawford let's make sure that never happens again. Let's make sure we get a backup that can handle um, it. So let's maybe get like a guy like Laner So we might have a chance and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, rapid fire. John Carlson. Uh, resigns with the caps, which is eight years, um, 8 million annual average value. That's kind of a lot of money for a guy who just uh, got 68 points. This year, for the first time in his eight-year career, um, I was actually just looking at his stats because I was gonna like pull it up for everyone um, that we were talking about. Yeah, yes, sixty-eight points. You want to know what his next highest was? Was fifty-five points? That was, I guess that was a rhetorical question. Um, in and 24- you know how
0: many time, how many forty-point seasons he's had? Zero. Yeah, it's just it's just the sixty-eight points and the fifty-five. That's the highest it's gotten. Yeah, he hasn't exactly. Gone past well, he did. He did.
1: He did have thirty nine in twenty fifteen, but um, yeah,
0: close to forty, but not forty.
1: Yeah, and and it, and he only played fifty six games that year. But yeah, you're right. It's like uh, so he he probably would have gotten more um if he played a little bit more um that yeah. season. But yeah, you're right. Sixty eight points in eighty two. I mean, at the same time, like we. I, like I remember back when, like defensemen are hard to find, so so I'm I'm not like surprised that they got this guy like that, but I don't know. Um, it seems um, it seems like it's a little bit much, um, especially. But at the same time, he's 28 years old. He definitely proved in his in the playoffs that. That's what he's worth. You know, he had 20 points in 24 games, um, um, to win the Stanley Cup. So it it, it does make sense. It just makes me wonder what Dowdy's going to get and what Carlson's going to get in their next contract. If Carlson gets eight million in um, he will average value. Um, so um, yeah, there's that what do you think of the the signing?
0: Well, let's take a look at uh, the numbers because, right, uh, probably Daddy and Carlson are going to get a lot more. But here's what Carlson got. Year one, $6.5 million signing bonus, $5.5 5 million base salary, total of $12 million, same case for year two. $2 million signing bonus, base salary of $6 million for a total of $8 million in year three. Year four, $5 million signing bonus. Uh, three million dollar base salary. So that's a total of eight million again. And for the final four years, two million dollar signing bonus, base salary of four million. That works out to a total of six million. So this guy, all of a sudden, is now tied for the second highest average annual value amongst NHL defensemen at eight million, behind only PK Subban at nine million and Brent Burns at eight million. Mm-hmm. And then next year, Oliver ekman is going to be making eight point two five million per season. So, and, and then on top of that, a modified no trade clause for all eight seasons. So if that's what Carlson got. John Carlson, we're talking about. What's Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty going to get? Because you you talked about uh, John Carlson's stats and how he's a top scoring defenseman this year, but he's only really blossomed over two seasons. Yep. You take a look at. Drew Doughty, he's had five seasons with 40 or more points, A pair of seasons with 50-plus points, one season where he got over 60. And he's got 10-plus goals, Drew Doughty, in seven of his first 10 campaigns. Carlson's only in his nine-year career. And then you have Carlson, who has recorded over 40 points in seven of his first nine seasons, at least 60 points in six of his first nine, at least 70 points in four of his first nine, and one year he got 82 points in 82 games. Oh, and he is also a two-time 20 bowl scorer. Right. Both Dowdy and Carlson are going to get way more than Carlson this game.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Um, but I guess we'll have to see when that happens. So. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They're going to be paid a lot. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk signs with... Speaking of big contracts, um, little <laughs> tricks signs with the Kings. Three years, six point two five million. Um, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah. For a guy who hasn't played in the NHL in five, uh, four years, so um, he did okay last season. I'm looking at his stats right now on in the KHL. Um Scott St. Petersburg he was the assistant captain there um, He had 63 points in 53 games um, so so that's not terrible I, I did see that he wasn't even on the top line um, so that may have that may be more telling that this is Scott St Petersburg than um, than just being like you know that because like, that was like Putin's team supposedly. Um, so it might be just tougher situation. So it's hard to compare what that would transition to if you played in the NHL. But I think the the comparable comparable will be towards um, towards Radulov um, coming into the league. Um, yeah. You know, so Radulov did have a good season last year, and he had a good season in Montreal, but. I don't know. Three years for six point two five million. You better hope that the like he's good right off the bat. Um, it's just that that it's just more worrisome, and it's also like you have um, Kopitar's thirty years old, uh, Kovalchuk's thirty five, Dustin Brown's thirty three, Carter is thirty three, um, Foley's twenty six, so he's not really there, but. Uh, Trevor Lewis is 31 years old, so, um, and then you have Drew Doughty to worry about next year. So it's it's like they're going to be an old team. Um, I don't. Know, it could work out for them. Um, it's just like it just depends on if Kovalchuk is um, can get back to being good on the NHL level. Um, it it can be done. Like Yager proved that a couple of years ago. Um, so did Radulov, as I just mentioned. You know, Kucherov is another one who went to the KHL and then came back. Um, you know, so it is possible. But um, I don't know. I just just a guy who's 35 years old. Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm just. I'm just glad the Bruins weren't able to to get him. So. Um, yeah, because there
0: were reports that they were going to make him an
1: offer, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad that, like, the Kings went and uh, helped out so that the Bruins didn't have to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, like, three years, it's going to be, I don't know, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't think, Um, I, I'll be curious to see how he does. I think this will be a top storyline this year on how Ilya Kovalchuk does since he's back in the NHL, but... I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm wary about it. I'll i I'll say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, if I'm the Kings, I'm worried about the cap situation too, because they just got Peter Budai back from Tampa Bay. Jack Campbell was there. Uh, I'm going because right now you have less than four million in cap space to add to your team and or assign some of the guys that yep. you need to re sign. And we talk about how big of a sign Drew Dye is gonna be in about a year from now. Jake Mudson and Derek Forbart will need deals in two years' time or both will hit the open market. So fully at the same time will be a UFA. In three years' time, so will Taylor Pearson and then you got Dustin Brown and Jeff Carter on the books for the next four years. At some point, if you're gonna if you're gonna add on to your team to make it better, you're gonna have to trade away a big contract like a Dustin Brown or a Jeff Carter, because there's only so much you can do now that you signed Ilya Kovalchuk. And yeah, it's only a three-year deal, not a seven-year deal, but it's it's still, you know, you're you're at the point where you think you can still contend for a Stanley Cup. But are you really contending for a cup? Because even with this Kovalchuk signing, I still look at some of the other teams in the Western Conference and I say, yeah, they got a better shot at winning the cup than L.A. does.
1: Right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. I think there was also reports that, uh, like the, the there was uh, there was a trade in place to send uh, patches to the Kings. Um, well, first off, you did mention earlier on that it was nixed already because patches didn't want to go there, but also like. Um,
0: well, it was next. they couldn't agree on an extension. Right. Because that's what Patch wants is a contract
1: extension. But then it was also, like, there was also something that was hanging in the balance where uh, the the Kings, like, Kovalchuk was their second option. Like, if they didn't get Patches, then they ended up going with uh, Kovalchuk, which is just kind of weird. So, um, there's that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I... I I'll be interested to see how it goes. I could see it going either way. Um, I was just looking at when he was last on in the NHL. He had 31 points in 33 games for the Devils. So um, I don't know. It could be uh, that, that that's not bad, but of course that was like four years ago. So yeah. Um. So we'll see how that goes. Um. There was a couple of big trades this uh this week. Um, Or actually, I guess we should go with Trotz is the new Islanders coach. I think we both called it, um, but uh, Trotz is the new Islanders coach. Um, I'm not sure if this means that Tavares will stay, but I guess it does make it more likely that he will stay, but I'm still not 100% convinced that Tavares is going to stay, but at least they have a coach in case, um, a good coach, a Stanley Cup winning coach, um instead um if Tavares doesn't stay so there's that um
0: yeah and and to to, uh, to break it all down for you we didn't talk about this on the podcast last week because it broke after we recorded because of course it yep. does uh before he was signed by the Islanders uh there's this clause in his contract with the Capitals that said if you win the Stanley Cup within these 4 years automatically a 2 year extension is triggered the problem but, is, it wasn't at the value that Trots wanted. He wanted more. He was apparently getting paid $1.5 right. this past season, and he wanted to be paid like a top-five coach in the league. We're talking Claude, Julian, Mike Babcock territory here. Right, and that, and that
1: and, was the thing, because Babcock yeah. and Julian were signed uh, during that time that he was under contract with the Capitals. So, of course... Um, he would want to back out if he, um, because of that. So that was the problem yeah. with that clause. Nothing so, wrong with that in theory, uh, I guess. He, but. He,
0: yeah. So he opted to walk. He ends up going to the others, and it, it it just it just frazzles me a little bit that like he just won a Stanley Cup. He yep. changed the culture of this team. He got over the hump that Bruce Brujo just couldn't get over. Yep. And he did that in in four years with the team. And when he came into the organization, this this organization seemed to always have a fear of losing. Right. I don't think they really embraced winning. I think it was like playing not to lose. Right. And now it's just it, they were able to get over that hump because I found they embraced those big moments better. Yeah. Um, and they felt confident in doing that. And I think that's what he's going to do with the Islanders. This team is is trying to play like uh, it, this, the Islanders are playing like they don't want to lose. They're not, I don't think they're embracing the winning atmosphere. And I think Trotz is going to change the culture of that team. And I'm not going to say they're going to win the cup in four years, but definitely is going to change the culture and the outlook of this team. And the yes. fact that Trotz is leaving the Capitals and going to a division rival, I think hurts the Caps even more. Because now he's coaching in your division against you.
1: Yeah, I will say, though, that I think it was just one of those things that, like, maybe, like, just before the like the playoffs, there were, like, both the Capitals and Trotz were just like, all right, you're, we like, because I think they said that they liked Re- uh, Todd Reardon, who's going to be the new coach uh, for the Capitals, who's... Who well, is, they're
0: going to give him a good shot at it. Uh, getting
1: yeah. the job, absolutely. Oh yeah. But they're,
0: probably, they're, they're high. They're high on him, no question.
1: Yeah, it's not official yet, but um, but it looks likely that that's what's going to happen. Um, so it looks like like it looked like they were ready to move to Reardon anyways, even if Trotz did win the cup. Just the problem was is that Trotz won the cup, so now it's like, oh, what do we do now? So <laughs> you know, so I I could see it being a thing where. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I think reordering could be like a, kind of like a Sullivan type situation or a Cassidy type situation where, uh, they know the young guys, but, um, you know, this isn't really a young team. So it, I don't know. It could backfire at the same time. So, and you're right. That, that does bring another wrinkle where it's gonna They're going to be in the same division. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Alright, now we now we can get on to all the trades. Uh, the first one, which was the biggest of the bunch, was uh, Dougie Hamilton, or I, I, I'm going to call him Doug Hamilton from now on. Uh, he doesn't deserve the Dougie title. Um, <laughs> Michael Ferland and Adam Fox go to ter- Carolina for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Uh, this was kind of a surprising trade because I do remember back in the day we did report on this that you know, Carolina was, uh, was like everyone was on the block except for Aho, and I was, yeah. and I was just going like, well, uh, surely you wouldn't trade Noah Hannafin. That doesn't make sense. And then, of course, you you I mean, it does make sense if you trade a guy like if you get a guy like Dougie Hamilton, a Doug Hamilton back, um, and and Adam Fox is also supposedly. Gonna be pretty good too. So it makes sense for Carolina on that regard. Um, by the way, Adam Fox had 28 points in 29 games for Harvard last year. Um, but apparently there was he might not have signed with Calgary, so that's why they decided to trade him. But um, it still seems like an interesting thing where, uh, like you know Noah Hannafin... Um, might be pretty good for Calgary in a couple years, yeah, um, like, he did have a good couple of games, like, he started in the season uh, well enough uh, with the Hurricanes, but um, he didn't really end it that well, so, um, so, but, I, I like, I could see Calgary, like, you know, kind of, like, training him up and and they'll they'll have Bill Peters there too, so they'll have his old coach um there as well. Um as for Doug Hamilton, this is his third team. Um and <laughs> reportedly so just uh FYI before I go to you, um, there when the Bruins traded Dougie Hamilton, there was reports that like um, well, first off, it was reports that he did, he didn't um, he didn't want to sign with them um, during as he was an RFA, um, and then he went to Cal, when he went to Calgary, he signed uh, for a longer deal than what was offered. But there was also some other reports that like um, D- Doug Hamilton wouldn't get along with a, a lot of the whole team and. Um, that they wouldn't get, they would get frustrated, um, or that, uh, the Bruins didn't sign his brother, Freddie Hamilton. Um, and that made Doug Hamilton go to Calgary cause he was like, all right, they're going to sign his brother. And, you know, it's just a fresh start kind of thing. But now we're hearing and this.
0: Before, and then Calgary did that, and then in January of 2018, they parted ways with Freddie, and yeah. now he plays in an Arizona. And
1: reportedly, that's when things went south for Doug Hamilton and the organization, where he was pissed off that they let go of Freddie Hamilton. So, and then also there's this news, according to John Shannon, who I think is on Sportsnet, but he's this, yeah, he says, uh, the whole team would go for lunch at Moxie's, which is, which, from what I understand, is like the Canadian Hooters. I think uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a Canadian
0: Hooters, but it's a Canadian restaurant.
1: But like, like it's like scantily clad waitresses, right?
0: Uh, I think I've been to Moxie's like once or twice. So they have a they have a restaurant in Canada where I live. Um, I I can't remember the outfits that they wear, but I'm okay. pretty sure it's not anywhere close to what Hooters. Uh,
1: attire would be, so... Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: it you haven't been to Moxie's before, eh?
1: Well, no, I don't think they have them here in the States. Yeah, I
0: think it's more of a Canadian
1: thing. Uh, okay. Anyways, the whole team would go for lunch at Moxie's, and Dougie Hamilton would go to the museum. So it is a kind of ridiculous if they're trading him based on just the fact that Dougie Hamilton wants to go to a museum. But I think... <laughs> But I think there is something to this where, like, there is, like, maybe there is a team chemistry issue where he, um, like, I mean, like, like, if he wants to go to a museum, let him go to a museum, but, like, if the whole team is, like, he can go to a museum whenever he wants, you know, but, like, if, if the whole team is having lunch... And he just wants to do something else. Then that is a little strange. I'd have to admit that, that
0: also yeah. tells you that there's probably something going behind the scenes that you're never going to hear about.
1: Right, right, right. It it is still a strange reason to trade someone just based off of that. So I'm sure there's other things. But like, like, it is more just like because I when when those reports happened in Boston, I was just thought like, it's just like a. a a smear campaign just because it's like, all right, good to see you when you leave kind of thing. Um, But uh, because that's what Boston media does, but I don't know. It's, it is one of those things when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, So maybe there is like something to those original reports back in Boston. Maybe there is something uh, going on in uh, Calgary that um, just in terms of chemistry. So, I don't know. It it does. It does seem a little strange to trade a guy like Dougie Hamilton again, just given what he's what he's capable of. But this is his third team again, so maybe there is some personality things and um, you know he's just an odd bird kind of thing. So I don't know. Uh, We'll see how that goes. What is your take on the trade? If you want to talk about Dougie Hamilton going to museums or actual hockey. Uh, well, I got, I got
0: some theories on why Dougie Hamilton was traded uh, and I'll, okay. and I'll get to that in a little bit. But first off, I was just, I actually watched it unfold live. Like, I was just, I was just watching uh, the the draft who we were, were in like the fourth or the fifth round. And, and um, I was just like, my God, boy, and there was only like one notable trade involving players uh, throughout this entire draft weekend, not nearly as exciting as previous drafts. So I'm just chilling there, just just watching uh, the draft unfold, and then I hear him chatter Ben and, and Lindholm going uh, to Calgary, and I'm just thinking, wow, he's decent. And then the board pops up, name of just Vince, <laughs> and, and the funny part about all this is. Calgary and Carolina are like literally right in front of each other. Like, right. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was Carolina in front of Calgary or the other way around, but like they were like ten feet walking distance from each other. So like they could have just walked over to the table and just like whispered into someone's ear and just like yeah, I got this trade for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right, that's... So
0: it was just it was just funny how that all went down. Like it would, they were just like literally right in front of each other. Yeah, so that, that that was pretty funny. Um, but in, in all seriousness, talking about the trade, I think Lindholm is going to provide some more depth for them at center. Uh, I think Panafin's going to be a well-rounded defenseman in a couple of years. Both have been coached by Bill Peters, who's now the coach in Calgary. So I think he was part of this uh, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, they have $24 million in cap space to sign a bunch of talents to new contracts. Panafin and, and Lindholm are, are among those that need new deals. So... Um, they have enough room to keep both. Um, and it's already um, assumed that Matt Kachuk is going to take over Furland's spot on the top line. Because Furland's pretty good to put alongside Monahan and Gaudreau. But if that's right. the only piece that he's good at, uh, trading him um, you know, to get Hannifin and Lindholm I think is a pretty smart move. And Adam True. Fox, who probably wasn't going to play for Calgary to begin with. But taking a look at Dougie Hamilton, I think this is a pretty good trade-off, thing because the Hurricanes are trying to find a culture and an identity. And I'm just wondering, first off, is direct play for the Carolina Hurricanes and what they want to do moving forward. Right. Uh, the other is what's going to happen to Justin Falk, because obviously he's a defenseman. That now belongs to Dougie. And Justin Falk has been a couple of times in, in previous uh, circumstances, so that leads me to believe that his days in Carolina are numbered as well. Yeah, but true. as to why this happened, Hamilton's numbers. He's surpassed 40 points in four of his first six seasons. Even two seasons ago, he got 50 points, scored a career-high 17 goals this year. He's at the prime of his career. But three years left on his deal, so I'm wondering why in the world are the Flames trading a guy that, you know, character issues aside, has got three years left on his deal, like, they could have sorted this out in like a year or two, and maybe they'd be on the same page and sign to a contract extension but that friendly page, and I can see why they did what they did and TJ Brody, Travis Hamannick, and Michael Stone are all UFAs So that's three of their top four defense. A year after Hamilton hits the open market, Mark Giordano will need to get paid. And here's why that's significant. If I recall correctly, back in the day where they were signing Hamilton to a contract extension in Calgary, they wanted to make sure that Dougie Hamilton got what he wanted. But their one key condition was Mark Giordano is going to be our highest-paid defenseman. Yeah. So, right now, is making an average of $6.75 million over the next four years. Dougie's making a million dollars less. And at the same time, Giordano is a UFA. Guess who else is a UFA?
1: Noah Hannafin. <laughs> uh,
0: Johnny Goudreau.
1: Oh, Goudreau. Uh, okay.
0: So... For the sake of not getting into Cap Hell, I think that's probably why this trade was made, is because if they give Hamnick and Stone and T.J. Brody what they want, and they give Dougie Hamilton what he wants, and they have to give Giordano more, and then Johnny Hockey what he wants, how much money is left over, how much money can you spend? Because they also, in a year have to re-sign Sam Bennett, Matt Tikachuk, and Curtis Lazar True. to new contracts. They're all, And Mike Smith's got one year left on his current deal. So the bigger picture indicates that while Dougie Hamilton has three years left on his current deal, um, they probably had reason to trade him thinking in three years' time, when it came to recent time, they'd be in
1: a tough spot. Yeah, that's, that is a good point. Um, yeah, that, that could be it. I don't know if they were thinking that far ahead, but they might be. Especially since they don't have... Since they didn't have their first three picks this year. So, um, yeah. He, he didn't
0: pick until the fourth round, yeah. So, I guess... This was in a way okay. We don't have any picks, so we're gonna make a splash by a trade or something.
1: Exactly. So yeah, I could see that being a thing. Um, okay, we have to we have to really get going right now. Uh, we're at an hour thirty. <laughs> um, I also looked up moxies, and it looks like kind of like a buffalo's wild wings, or what I imagine buffalo wild wings is like. So, I, I I'm ingrained myself on oh, in what moxies is. Uh. Hot- <laughs> Hoffman is going to the Sharks. Um, oh, no. Well, first first off, because of this whole Carlson and Hoffman news, um, Hoffman uh, was traded. He went to the Sharks. And then uh, it was for uh, Mike Hoffman, Cody Donaghy, and a twenty twenty fifth round pick to the Senators for Michael Bodeker, Julius Bergman, in a twenty twenty sixth round pick. I remember when this happened. I was just thinking, like, okay, uh, the Sharks are pretty scary. You know, they have they have Evander Kane now. They have Hoffman. Uh, you know, what, what uh, that's that's pretty good because they get a top six lineup, and then they you know they um they don't get as much money, but whatever. <laughs> and then and then like uh like right when I was about to email you about the trade, because um, I was like, dude, Hoffman finally got traded. And then then the next thing I know, Hoffman, the Sharks uh, trade Mike Hoffman to the Panthers. Um, and the Sharks get a 2019 second round pick, which is amazing, a 2018 fifth round pick, and a 2018 fourth round pick. Um, whereas Florida gets a 2018 seventh-round pick. I don't know. I guess now that the uh, the uh, the draft is over, I'm not sure who those picks were, but um, who knows what they'll be because they're fourth and 5th line picks. But that second-round pick could be something. Um, yeah. Anyways, That's
0: what aggravated me so yeah. much is that, oh, great. We we, we we got rid of Mike Hoffman, okay? He's out of there yeah. hair. Wait, the Sharks got a second-round pick?
1: Yeah. And he's back in your division, yeah. Yeah,
0: that was the... the and actually, the funny part about it is yeah. there was there were talks between Florida and Ottawa before Ottawa shipped him to San Jose. I'm not sure what, if there was a deal in place between Ottawa yeah. and Florida, but it's just like, if the plan was to try and trade him out of the division, it certainly backfired.
1: Yeah, also reportedly, I think D- Dorian said that, like, or I think it was either Talon or Dorian said that Talon did offer... Something to Dorian for Hoffman it was, but it was players, and it wasn't these picks. And then once he went to the Sharks, the Panthers just went ahead and offered these these picks to get Hoffman on their team. So what it was a just a, though, eh? yeah, yeah. And then and then there was also some like news that Dorian G- doesn't even talk to D- GMS of his own division, um, or like it's just a principle of his that he doesn't. Uh, trade for uh, to other teams in his division, which is like kind of weird if you think about it. It's like so you're closing yourself off to six other teams, uh, just because you yeah, don't want to so play like, them. If,
0: if, if Toronto's <laughs> willing to give you Japas, God forbid, willing to give you Kucherov for Carlson, you're yeah, not going
1: to listen to that. Exactly <laughs> that that seems kind of silly, um, but it was just it's just, it just like a, a smooth move from both Doug Wilson, the GM for the San Jose, because they saved a lot of cap space. And really the only reason why we're talking about them in all these free agent things is just because they made this move. Uh, Cause they don't have to deal with Michael Bodeker's $4 million contract. Um, and it's clear that they're going to make something. And then they also get a second round pick somehow um, from Florida. And, And then, also, Florida gets a top six forward, um, seemingly for some off-ice issues. Um, Like, of course, Carlson and Hoffman couldn't be in the same locker room um, at all, so that makes sense, um, regardless of if these reports are true or not. Um, So, I I agree with that. But, like, the Panthers now have Huberto, Barkov, and uh, Dadunov on their top line. Now they have Hoffman uh Trocek, and Bukestad as their top six uh that's pretty good so i um as a Bruins fan, I was annoyed that the panthers uh got the uh, got got Hoffman, but I'm also kind of like, oh well, the senators aren't as good as they <laughs> as they used to be so it was a weird feeling as another division uh fan. Of, of these two teams, but um, yeah, so the the Panthers are might be pretty good, although that probably means that they're not likely to get uh, any free agent this year. But the yeah, I think the Sharks kind of um, fleece both of them. Tech, uh, he fleeced yeah. the Senators more, but he also they also somehow got a he. The Sharks got a better deal for Hoffman than the Sens did, and Hoffman played for the Senators. Um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, but I, I'm sure you're you're sad about this.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you know this distraction is over and done with because yep. the objective was to satisfy Eric Carlson. True. And the fact of the matter is, Mike Hoffman is no longer on the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. I guess, a better chance of signing Carlson. I don't know how much of a better chance they have, but they have a better chance of signing Carlson than they did with Mike still on the roster. But I look at these numbers, and I'm not going to lie, we got screwed big time. Here's here's a look at Mikael Bodker and Mike Hoffman's stats. Mikael Bodker, 618 games played, 109 career goals. Mike Hoffman, 342 NHL games played, 107 right. career goals. Right. Mikael Bodker has never scored 20 goals in a season, and Hoffman's worst production as far as goal scoring over the past four years was this year when the Sens Ridge, and he still got 22 goals. Right. So, Mike Hoffman is still better than Mikael Bodker, even though... At his worst, on the sense, he still did almost as good as Bodker did in his best year. Right, right. So there's no question that the Sharks and the Panthers got the better end of this deal because Mike Hoffman is better than Mikhail Vodker, straight up. Yeah, but the, I I think this points to whether or not trading Carlson is the best idea because I look. At the Sens on the left wing. And it's not pretty as far as the long-term implications go. Because according to Cat Friendly, the following guys on the Sens have played left wing before. Bobby Ryan, who's making way too much money. Love the guy, but he's waking too making too much money. Clark MacArthur, who we don't know if he's gonna play or not because health concerns. Bodker, Burroughs, who we tried to buy out, slash put on waivers. R.V., who's a good third or fourth line guy, and uh, Max McCormick. And their biggest left-wing prospect is Alex formanton right now. And then on the right wing, you have Ryan, possible buyout candidate, Gabrick, possible buyout candidate, Bodker, Burrows, again, didn't look uh, too good, Ryan Dezingle, not sure if he can uh, do as well as he did this year, and Mark Stone, who's arguably our best right winger. And they got a lot of depth at center, both on their roster and in their farm system. But even if they trade one of their top center prospects or or lower, uh, not as ranked, as high center prospects, I still don't think that's going to be enough to fill all of the holes that they have on the wing. Which is why I'm wondering if trading Eric Carlson is the best thing for this organization. Like, I hate to even think about that. I want Eric Carlson to stay with Ottawa long-term, without a doubt, no question. But I'm just looking at all these holes, and I'm thinking, if Eugene Melnick wants a cup contender, or even a playoff team in three years, yeah, I'm sorry, but I don't know how that's going to happen.
1: right? Yeah, unless that's...
0: you trade Eric Carlson.
1: That's why I'm thinking that I think Carlson should be traded. I'm not sure if he will, because, uh, like, why? If you're Eric Carlson, why do you want to stay? Because I, I understand that he didn't get along with Mike Hoffman, and that's something that you have to do. But like, you know, or even if you're Mark Stone, why are you staying? I know he's an RFA, but um, he could be offer sheeted or. Yeah. Um, but It'd be
0: pretty easy to offer him.
1: I know too, because yeah, Ottawa doesn't have their first uh, rounder anymore. So, um, you know, so it's like, but like Eric Carlson's going to want top dollar, and he's easily going to make so much more money. So, yeah. like either either he makes that much money on in Ottawa because I guess they freed up space to get to get rid of Hoffman, but they still like Carl, there's if they re-sign Carlson to that much more money and they appease Carlson enough, it's still like, it's not enough. I don't think it's going to be enough to be like a cup contender because you're paying so much more money to Carlson. Um, and notwithstanding that Carlson's going to be 30 years old when he signs his contract. So that's, that's a little worrisome on that end. So I I feel like it would make sense to trade Carlson somewhere, uh, just so you can get something back, um, and just like blow the team up. Um, but, um, but I'm not sure, like, I have a feeling that they're going to try to keep Carlson so that they can keep people like you, Steve, um, interested in the senators, even though they're just a trial, they're just a tire fire right now. And they are yeah. <laughs> one of the worst franchises right now in terms of management. So um, I, I, I as hope as I'm not offending for Carlson. As yeah.
0: much as I want full value for Carlson, yeah. they cannot lose him for nothing. Exactly.
1: And I and I just don't I just don't know why if you're Carlson why you would want to stick with this team long term, especially when you when apparently you're having fights with Melnick the owner already. So it, just, it it doesn't make sense for me that Carlson would want to stay. Um, other than maybe he, I mean, there is something to the fact that he does seem to love Ottawa. I know his wife is um, from Ottawa. So there is maybe something to that, but, um, but like, if he wants a cup and he will, or or more importantly, if he wants a ton of money, He's better off signing somewhere else. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think if yeah.
0: as long as Eugene Melnick is the owner of the Iowa Centers, you can kiss Eric Carlson goodbye. Exactly. Because so, with Melnick as owner, I don't care how much you want Eric Carlson, I don't think they're prepared to pay him what he's looking for.
1: He's exactly. going to want
0: a lot of money, especially after this John Carlson signing.
1: Yeah. if and John
0: Carlson can get that money, Eric Carlson can get ten or eleven million per year,
1: easy. So, so it's it's, it's weird. It's not yeah. it's
0: not a question. He's gonna get that money.
1: So it's just weird that they traded Mike Hoffman away, but I guess it's something that they had to do. But like, I don't even think this makes Carlson want to stay even more. Um, it's just yeah. like maybe a like a point five percent chance more, but uh, it's not gonna swing it full way uh, so that he'll stay, so I don't know. Uh, the Sens
0: need more than than just uh, trading away some assets to make cap room. They, exactly. they need to do a lot to appease Carlson. Yep. Um, uh, there's a lot of damage that's been done already, and I, I hope it's not broken beyond repair, but uh, the, the more and more days go by, um, the, the less confident I'm getting. I'm glad that Pierre Dory made good on his promise. He did not trade Carlson at the draft, yep. which is good. He's at least going to do is due diligence and make sure that Carlson yeah. at least gets an offer from the team. And I hope that's... I, I hope we at least give him an offer. Give him the option to stay. Yeah, he doesn't have that, to take it, but I hope we just give him an offer and, and, then, and then just go on from there. But we uh, need to get fair. as much for Eric Carlson, the Sens do. They need yeah. to get as much for this guy as possible.
1: Yeah, I guess that's fair. You should at least get the chance to offer him something, even though he might... He'll probably reject it. Um... All right, Grubauer, uh, then the last trade that we'll talk about, uh, Grubauer and Brooks Orpik are going to the Avalanche, and the Capitals just got a 2018 second-round pick. Uh, the thing with Grubauer and Orpik is that uh, Orpik was bought out the next day, or claimed uh, put on waivers the next day, and um, Grubauer signed with the Avs for three years, Three point three million annual average value. So basically, the Caps traded Grubauer for a second. Um, if you discount that, orpic is likely not going to be playing for the Avalanche, and reportedly, Orpik might be signed um, with the Capitals again. Yeah, if, if the price is right, yeah. they might bring him back. Um, I think what what was that was the key factor into how they were able to re-sign Carlson. Because of this Orpik deal, so they wanted to renegotiate with Orpik, and I guess um, so that they could, so Orpik may come back to the Capitals at a lesser price, um, just because of that Carlson deal that just happened. So, um, yeah. By the way, I,
0: that second round pick that Washington, yeah. uh, that Colorado trade to Washington, ended up being uh, Cody Clark of the Ottawa Sixty Seven, son of former NHL legend Wendell
1: Clark. By the way, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious about this move because I thought Grubauer could be a starter somewhere. If there's anyone on this list that we just mentioned bef- way beforehand, I thought like Grubauer would be the most likely to be a starter somewhere, like even the Islanders. But it looks like, I mean, it's hard to say, Varlamov had a good season last year. I know he did get injured, but, um, so Grubauer... Is, appears to be the guy uh the he'll probably be a backup in Colorado but he could have been a starter in buffalo new york carolina um you know so i don't i i i feel bad for grubauer in that perspective but at the same time i guess the Avs have their another goalie in case something happens to varlamov whether injury or he just um, isn't as good as he used to be. So, um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll I'll, see.
0: I'll be perfectly honest. I don't feel bad for Grubauer at all because Varlamov's got one year left on his deal.
1: Oh, I didn't he realize that. He still
0: has a chance of being a starter in Colorado. He, he's going to be given every chance in the world to usurp that job from Simeon Varlamov, who on his last deal was making an average annual value of $5.9 million per year. Grubauer is by far and away the cheaper option. Yeah. Um, You look at Varlamov's stats, and the last time he uh, recorded um, a GAA below 2.5 and a save percentage over 9.20, that was in 2013-2014 with the Avs. So that's quite a while back. So I I definitely think Krubauer is going to get his chance to shine in Colorado. It's just a matter of uh, how soon he does it.
1: I guess there's that, but I mean, he did have a nine twenty save percentage and a two point six eight GAA this year, and albeit fifty one yeah. games. So I don't know. But I, you
0: look at his numbers from the previous two or three years, and they weren't that
1: great. True, true. I guess I guess it's more of like maybe it's like a one A one B situation, like it was yeah. for, with Bernier last year. But um, so I don't know. I, I I I don't know if it's like a hundred percent that grubauer has the job per se so that's yeah. all i'm saying um yeah. but yeah for the caps like it's just it's just kind of funny that they got it like a sec that's all they got was a second and uh they might end up getting orpik back so um so that is an um interesting move in that regard um <laughs> it is funny I that, also
0: don't buy the fact that they're they're gonna stick with Phoenix Copley as uh their their backup goalie. I think they would get a guy like uh, Jonathan Bernier or someone to provide stable goaltending behind Wolby. Be. I don't think Copley's ready just yet.
1: Yeah, uh or Ilya Stamsinov is another one in their system. But yeah, I could
0: that's that's true too, but again the the question becomes is it too soon to bring him up?
1: True, and, true. So yeah, I don't man. think so. Um Okay, so I guess I always put the, if we have time, we don't have time, because we're at an hour 50 right now, um, so we're going to have to push off Matthews' changing his agent uh, yet again um, for yeah. another week. but well, we
0: will get to it ne- next, um, to uh, just tell our uh, listeners, uh, in the summer, uh, we... Usually, record the podcast once every two weeks, so it'll be a bi yep. weekly podcast until like September or something like that. Um, but uh, on July 8th, I believe, when we're going to record next, uh, will it'll be uh, a recap of what's happened on uh, the free agency stuff, uh, any trades that have happened? Yep. So, we're gonna have a lot to talk about, and we'll match and we'll mention the Matthews' story there because I would imagine. Uh, the contract extension talks with Matthews will begin this off season.
1: Yeah, because that's true. If you're
0: the lease, you don't want it to drag on for too long.
1: Yeah, we've just been pushing it off for forever. So, yeah,
0: but we will we will get to it. We We promise. will get
1: to it. Um, so, um, yeah. So I guess that concludes it. Um, so this was longer than our episode last yesterday. Um, yeah. Social media lace them up. Uh, Lisa a podcast where we'll we'll try to update you on everything that's going on um we also have our facebook lace them up where i just post the episodes um and uh we're on soundcloud where you should be on itunes um and all that stuff make sure you subscribe to both of those um that's about it i'm brett duboff
0: I'm Steve Ells. We'll talk again in, ep- in episode 132 in two weeks' time on the Lace Them Up Podcast. Happy Canada Day. Happy Fourth of July in advance. And enjoy the free agency madness.